What's up, Guardians? Welcome to Tower Casuals Podcast. This is the second episode of this version of the podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Corey Deering, and alongside me, as always, is the wise Wisconsinite, Jesse Douglas, to my left. How's it going? And then, joining us for the first time on Tower Casuals, the biggest Destiny fan, that retro code, Eddie V. I am casually strolling in this episode. Yeah, so uh, basically, uh, for those who don't know, Ed's really not the biggest Destiny fan. Ed, Ed has played Destiny, but we're, we're really here to talk about uh, the big news of the week. Uh, we, we've got two topics today. Uh, the first is probably the biggest news story of the year so far, uh, all, what, 13 days of it? Uh, yes, Des- er, Bungie has uh, divorced itself from Activision and has retained all publishing and uh, IP rights to Destiny, which is good. It, it comes with uh, a bunch of good things and a bunch of bad things with it. Uh, but we'll we'll discuss that. And then two, uh, Bungie has unlocked the uh, Bergusa Forge because the Niobe Labs puzzle was way too difficult and uh you know i think they wanted to harken back to the binary code uh puzzle from rise of iron but it was just too difficult for for a lot of guardians so uh they unlocked the forge but if you do solve the puzzle you get an emblem and a shader and there, there's something else you get too but we'll we'll get into that uh uh down the road uh, of this episode uh we're gonna try to keep this one short probably about 30 to 40 minutes uh you know that's kind of where we're kind of aiming at these game focused shows so uh you know uh, uh, javelins for hire our anthem show and then of course dark zone junkies our show for the division um come subscribe also if you're watching on youtube you should subscribe because it's a good time we're gonna talk about destiny on this channel we're gonna play some destiny on this channel so it's going to be a good time. Uh, yes. But anyways, we're going to get into our first news story here. The biggest news story of the week, probably in all, not only just Destiny, uh, but all of gaming in general. You know, last week you know, on multiple shows we talked about Destiny versus Anthem, EA versus Activision, you know, kind of button heads. It's, it's been kind of that way for a while with, with Call of Duty versus Battlefield and, and now Destiny versus Anthem. But now... It seems it's not going to be so because Bungie has divorced itself from Activision's publishing. Uh, so, you know, Bungie now owns all of Destiny by itself, the IP, the publishing rights. The fans love this decision. Uh, you know, I think it's I think there's good in this decision, and I think there's bad in this decision. Um, you know, obviously they're not going to have the financial support of Activision, who all they do is count pennies and, and, you know, fund things that will make them money. Uh, but they do have complete creative control. So that actually takes, uh, Activision out of it, forcing them to put out a new expansion every year, maybe a new game every two or three years. And of course, everybody wants to see Eververse gone. So, uh, a, a lot of pieces to this puzzle here. We still don't know the full extent of this as of this recording, but you know, I'm sure more news next week. Uh, there have been some things coming out lately uh, from from smaller sources that maybe Activision is being investigated for fraud in some instances. Uh, but mm. but you know that we're not going to get into that here. That's a totally different thing. You can go to Kotaku or Eurogamer for that news story. But we're we're just talking about Destiny's divorce from Activision here. Uh, initial thoughts about this, guys. Were you shocked? Like, I mean, I was, I was shocked. I, I was shocked myself. I, uh, like when I seen the news, uh, I was telling you, Corey, that I called Jesse, uh, that Friday. It was just like this, this right here just changes our whole discussion about you know the launching for the next Xbox. But them divorcing 
uh, Activision, and then I was watching uh, Fireteam Chat and uh, IGN, and they were just talking a little bit more for it, like the good and bad and everything. And I was just like, what position is Bungie in now? Because I know, like you mentioned, the fans are happy for it. Mm-hmm. And but then they were just like, now we feel like we could make the game that we always wanted. I'm like, well, weren't you doing that when before you got with Activision? I mean, clearly, clearly they weren't because, you know, they've they they scrapped that campaign a year before Destiny was supposed to come out, and mm-hmm. Activision still f- kind of forced them to put the game out anyway that following year. You know, because Destiny got delayed a year. A lot of people forget that Destiny got delayed mm-hmm. a year. The Taken King got delayed because, like, the original campaign and the Taken King campaign were supposed to be uh-huh. were supposed to be one big campaign, campaign. that you were just supposed yeah. to dive into, right? And like, mm-hmm. Crota's End was supposed to be like the the second kind of part of the campaign, and like they just kind of everything just kind of fell apart, and that's why we got that super underwhelming campaign in Destiny One, right? And so yeah. uh, the Taken King is kind of where everything turned around and kind of put that game where it, maybe it should have been at launch. Uh, and then if you remember, what? Destiny 2 got delayed a year, which is why they put Rise of Iron together in four months. That campaign and that expansion got put together in uh, like, like four or five well, months. I have a question about that. Because um, when they showed De- the first Destiny at E3, um, I... I might have not been following it a lot of it. I don't know if they ever got a release date. And then they just announced it when it got close maybe to that following E3. Well, I'm assuming because I, I was lost I was lost on just the release date of the of that being announced. Yeah, I don't really remember all that. I I just remember, you know, that that E3 before it was released, they announced the release date and I was Yeah. I, you know, and that was I was excited because you know we're obviously huge Halo fans, uh, running the Halo channel and or not the Xbox channel, not the Halo channel. Jeez, uh, and yeah. you know we've played through what three of the games campaigns already, and we uh, we're just big Halo fans. And Bungie obviously has their DNA written all over Halo at this point, and yes. even you know developing the first four or five games, you know five I guess if you include ODST in there. Uh, and then three, four, three taking over with four and five. So, uh, yeah, I, and I was excited because they're like, it's a multiplayer campaign that you can play with friends. And you know, a lot of people were like, well, it could be like Borderlands because it's it's loot and you pick up weapons and stuff. Uh, and you know, when when I first played the original campaign, I was like, this is not what I expected this game to be at all. You know, and it it kind of just was underwhelming you know when i first played destiny one i was underwhelmed i'm not gonna lie and i stopped playing after the campaign i beat the campaign and then the light the light system was totally different in destiny one vanilla where like Mm -hmm. your gear and your player level were kind of intrinsically tied uh where like you know you used experience up to level 20 but then your gear made your light level higher or lower depending on what you had and like I went from like level twenty one to twenty seven super fast, and then I found some new gear that I thought was better, and I went down to level twenty four, and I was just like, I don't understand what's happening. I don't have enough time to sit here and figure this out. I'm moving on to other games, right? Yeah, that and was one of Marcus. One of Marcus is about just Destiny. It's just like I don't know what this game is because it just it felt like it didn't teach you and i don't know if that was activision trying to get bungie to get this game out or bungie made the decision of not just telling everybody what this game is and how it plays like the mechanics honestly i i i think that activision wanted to get this game out and they did not have the time to put together a like a tutorial i mean mean, not even a tutorial just like you know Maybe the the first couple missions should have been like, "Hey, this is ha- this is how you use." And they ended up fixing this with the Taken King and Rise of Iron, making kind of mm-hmm. more of a campaign out of. They kind of pieced together House of Wolves and Crota's End, or not Crota's End, but uh, the Dark Below and Destiny Vanilla, and kind of forging it all into one kind of 
semi-cohesive campaign and they added tutorials they added uh you know these this is who you talk to for this type of thing this is who you talk to for this type of thing this is how currency works they did end up actually working that in but at that point it was like how do you onboard new players like this so uh the taken king actually did a great job of of kind of mixing that all in and then rise of iron did like kind of made it all kind of cohesive but uh you know, I think Activision really influenced the release schedule, and mm-hmm. uh, putting out a major camp, a major campaign, and a major expansion every year, I think is actually wearing on Bungie to the point where they have been they they finally divorced themselves from Activision. Uh, you know, Destiny Two was delayed if you remember a year, and that's why we got Rise of Iron, and then Destiny Two ended up being underwhelming they focused so hard on the campaign that like the end game was not i don't want to say it was unfinished because it wasn't but like it wasn't really what destiny fans wanted and they were trying to onboard new players and kind of pushed away the hardcore players which you know in terms of activision and selling copies that's exactly what they wanted but with uh uh you know hardcore players wanting the grind and 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 you know random roles and stuff bungie ended up kind of forcing out the hardcore players and that kind of just didn't work out for anybody because the hardcore players are the ones that are gonna spend the money at eververse and in in the expansions and stuff and you know i i enjoyed destiny 2 a lot i didn't mind it because that's the way i like to play the game you know i don't mm-hmm. i don't like the random role stuff i don't care for that kind of thing you know which is actually why we're doing the podcast like this instead of uh, you know, hardcore patch notes every week, uh, uh, you know, updates on, on things, you know, we're going to go over when iron banner is and, and all this stuff at some point, but you know, I think forcing forsaken out a year after it was kind of like a, maybe, for, maybe they should have delayed destiny Two two years and put forsake, put all this stuff that they did with forsaken into the game which actually has me really excited for Destiny 3 and the next expansion because now Bungie can take their time. You know, mm-hmm. they can... And this really makes me think that maybe Destiny 3 won't be out till 2021, 2022. Mm-hmm. I, I, I truly believe that because now they can make the game they want. They have the investments. that Like, they have investors other than Activision funding yes. this game. It's not like, you know, Bungie is i mean bungie's fully independent but they still have investors in this game right so uh you got to fund the game somehow mm-hmm. and you know with with 30 million uh players out there it's not like they're going to be hurting for money if they put out an expansion or anything but just just the the ridiculous monetization model i think you know Activision kind of force on them in the in their in their structure. Like the news came out when they when they made the announcement that the the bullpen of developers were cheering because they they were free from Activision. Now, Mm -hmm. when your developers are cheering because your publisher is no longer your publisher, (laughs) that tells me that Activision was doing some things that they just didn't care for at all. Well, and that's where, and Jesse, we're going to hear from you, uh, and that's where I'm started to think of what happened to that Sony exclusive? Because I mean, did, I know Sony paid something. Well, did you see what Phil Spencer, to- did you see what Phil Spencer tweeted out? No. Uh, he uh, was, he, he was, I, I want to find the tweet exactly, but he was really excited about this, right? Like, uh, he was he was what if like, they just came back to Xbox. I know. I I, I, exclusive. I was I was throwing that idea around. Not not that like it would happen, but like I was like, what if what if Bungie did this? Because maybe this is the quote unquote major PlayStation acquisition that they're going to make because they have the exclusive stuff with PlayStation. Uh, and you know how a lot of headlines like to use hyperbole, but um, yeah. But let me. I want to find this tweet, but. You know, Jesse, what what's your take on this? Why I find this well, sweet. Okay, so so yeah, me and Edit had a whole big conversation. We could have had a whole podcast episode just right. about what we had talked about. But um, like some of the key points that we kind of brought up and that I brought up to Ed is like 
like I, you know, like like you said, we're we're all really big Halo fans. But I'm gonna be honest. Like when three four three took over, like the shooting and all that stuff got better, in my opinion. And and I've always felt like with Destiny, they never really moved out of their comfort zone, and it still does just feel like old Halo. Like I'm, I kind of hope that this lets them step outside of their comfort zone, and really make a, you know, a very ambitious, you know, next game. Like, cause I, you know, like I like Destiny, but I just feel like they, they really didn't take any, any chances. And again, that could be because of their, you know, Activision is known for not really is you know known for one of those companies that isn't really too keen on people taking chances Mm -hmm. you know with things and so i could see where they're just like yeah okay well yeah that that's all fine and great that you want to do this and do that but hey just just stick to the just stick to what you know it, it and, diminishes. You know, like, I could see something like that being told to them from Activision. It, yeah. it kind of diminishes the, the uh, diminishes the creativity and you know innovation or just something that Bungie wants to do different. Well, you know, um, yeah. speaking on that point, Eddie, it, I have Phil's tweet right here. But uh, to me, this they've been wanting to build a new engine for Destiny for a long time. Right, and they, mm-hmm. with their production schedule and their release schedule, they haven't been able to do that because they've been pushing so hard mm-hmm. on making new content. Plus, pre-production on Destiny Three has already started. But uh, I'm going to read this tweet from Phil real quick before I forget, and then I'll continue the thought. But uh, he says, "Looking forward to a very bright future." working with one of my favorite independent studios on one of my favorite franchises. Excited to see how they continue to grow and evolve Destiny. So, I mean... Because now there's no more exclusive deals. They This tells, Sony, this tells me that that's done. The exclusive stuff for, with Sony is done. Well, you know, yeah, that's because it, Activision... That was the only reason that it was exclusive is because Activision has had deals with with Sony, you know, Call of Duty, all those games have mm-hmm. been exclusive to PlayStation only because of Activision. Yeah. Now that now that Activision is no longer a part of that, they don't have to be exclusive to them anymore. Yeah. That that content is. Well, it now it but now I'm thinking, you know, it's not a big loss to Activision, it's more a big loss to Bungie. Well, in a sense that in a, in a sense that Activision still has Call of Duty, and as long as that is banking them, and crash. they're not and crash, yeah, um, well, crash more in Europe, I should say. Um, they Activision doesn't have to worry about losing out on Destiny because as long as people are still buying the annual Call of Duties and it's making the money, that's fine with them. I think when Activision wasn't getting probably the returns that they assume they were going to get with destiny um they were just like you know what with this restructure that's going on you, well, let's part ways you guys keep keep that because i think activision be like we can't do nothing with bungie of this of two games are not making us what we wanted it wanted us to make you guys could keep it mm-hmm. yeah so, but i think yeah. that's they're gonna be their own doing though oh. i i could easily see this happening where the three comes out and it just completely like like destroys the their sales of of the last two well, and, me, and me, if that happens oh. that would prove yeah, <laughs> who the problem me, was my uh, i want to i kind of want to finish my thought on the on the whole uh destiny De- uh, bungie developing a new engine for destiny 3 like mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. look at the vast improvement we saw from halo 3 to halo reach right that improvement on on just movement gunplay graphics in general environment art and they're still using like to to be honest destiny's still running on the halo 2 engine right they've just kept making improvements and and built upon that and and kind of been using that engine since then and now like jesse what we've been talking about about anthem and watching the javelins fly around the the world and how deep and lush the world looks and including like caverns and and strongholds and stuff 
makes Destiny look ancient. Like yeah. as much as I as much as I love makes it Destiny, look like a cartoon mm-hmm. game. Yeah, as much well, as I, as much as I love Destiny, like the the gunplay and the movement and everything feels ancient. And you know, it's well, different. It's different on it, PC, but like, and go, that's why me, like me and Jesse was talking about Titanfall two. Uh, Titanfall two alone just put Destiny two to shame. Even Destiny, because I'm like, this is fast. Look at how fun this gun the gunplay is. Like. Titanfall 2 set a new precedent on how first person shooters now should run on these powerful systems. Mm-hmm. And I agree with you, Corey, that making making Destiny 2, even Destiny 1, ancient to be like, well, we want all players to play at 30 frames per second. No! Speed this up because when these. Well, when that's, you are- that's also an engine limitation. You know, like that's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, it seriously is an engine limitation. And it's still because they're running it on the old Halo engine. And that's. It's it's fine, I guess. But like, it, it, it was. it was. Let me put it this way. It was fine when this game was still running on 360 and PS3, right? Because, yes. you know, you needed this game to run on those systems. And. It ran all the way up until Rise of Iron when they were doing interesting things with particle effects and and just enemy uh, effects in general and ornaments and new armor that had cool effects on it and stuff. Like, that was all fine, you know, and they tweaked it a little bit, but then they built, they kind of retooled the engine for Destiny 2, and, like, you could still tell by the way the, the animations of the enemies were and just the movement and the gunplay still feels like it's stuck on old hardware and i'm i'm not trying to degrade destiny in any way but like when we're watching anthem or when we did pod and play on titanfall 2 or when we're playing blackout mode and black ops like i understand that the the worlds that you explore in destiny are open worlds but then you go to something like you go, when you're playing the division and see how dense that city is or when you're playing or when not playing when you're watching videos of anthem and just seeing the javelins fly through the world that huge open world or even even something as recent as monster hunter world even though it's not a shooter yeah. but like that world is big and lush and the monsters are big and have all these things running in the background like destiny just feels ancient and like i it, for me it's the jump from playing uh modern warfare and then going back to halo 3 right it just right not not that like halo 3 is a bad game or anything but it just like you could see the evolution of shooters right in front of your face and like that's how i feel like we're seeing uh destiny 2 right now because they aren't able to iterate or create a new engine because of their ridiculous production schedule and with this breaking up from activision i'm really hoping that Bungie is able to build a new engine and show us, like, maybe Destiny 3 will finally be their complete vision of what they want wanted this game to be in the first place. What do you guys think, uh, act, not Activision, uh, do you guys think that Bungie, if they're going to do this new engine, because I'm hoping for, like, 60 frames per second, I and it's, better it's, graphics and stuff. Yeah, I, I really, I, I hope I, they they have to do it for this, these new consoles. But do you think they should do like a small one-off indie hit, uh, just to show off what the engine can do no. to get people? They'll show a tech demo. They won't, they won't sell a game. They'll just do a tech well, demo. Well, t- a lot of people take tech demos as though this is what it's going to be. Then when it comes out, it's not that, and some people will be. Uh, yeah, no, off. but I think I think I think, Bun- just- I think Bungie has a lot to prove and a lot to like to prove to fans that like, look, we made the mm-hmm. right decision. I. Destiny's, I mean, Destiny's too important you, of an IP. They're not gonna. They're not gonna do a quote unquote indie game for a tech demo. Well, do you do you think a demo to show off? Like a like if if they said, hey, for four ninety nine, we'll give you guys a six level demo or a six level game. It's no. very short to show off our new engine. Do no. you think Bungie should do that, or no. you don't think? No, I or, think if they want to do that, they'll just put out a demo similar to the Destiny two demo where you download it, you play one or two levels, mm-hmm. 
you try out one of the new strikes and this is this is what our new engine can do this is what it looks like and that's how you get people in you put the demo out for free for destiny 3 and really show off what that that game can be and will be when you go to play it well yeah. I, I think for me i think they should just make something new like uh like take like take your idea uh um jesse and like just show off what that engine can do and get into players hands i mean charge i mean charge them in a a sense that you know we would love your feedback and you know your improvement and this is what this engine could do with different gameplay styles you know what you know what they can do to solve both of those problems Mm -hmm. or not problems but like you want them to do something different to show off a demo show off the engine right like I think like they what should, that itch you can do. I think they should put out a Destiny 3 demo. What they could do is make a small de- like a small demo. Like a prologue? Yeah, like a like a bridging the gap between Destiny 2 and 3 t- style. Yeah. Like mini campaign and you say, "Hey, if you bought Destiny 2, you get these levels for free. It's not tied to your current levels or anything in Destiny. It's just like a maybe like a three mission kind of campaign that shows off what the engine can do. It bridges the gap between whatever the last expansion for destiny two is going to be. And then what destiny three is going to be. And then you start like, maybe if you complete this campaign, this mini campaign or whatever, to show off this demo, like you get an emblem, you get, you get a cool shader, you get, you know, some sort of, uh, maybe, uh, starter, kit mm-hmm. or whatever for for destiny 3 and and that's how you get new people in too and it and if you and if you didn't play destiny 2 you know what maybe you get the demo if you pre-order destiny 3 or maybe they just put it out and they're just like hey this is what our new engine can do this is what our vision is this is the gap between destiny 2 and 3 and this is what our envision of a, of what destiny 3 could be in this three level campaign and maybe throw in uh, a, a two or three level multiplayer suite that's active for a couple weeks or whatever mm-hmm. uh, just to get a feel for the new gunplay and whatever and and that's how you get it out there so okay. yeah yeah like uh, like so basically sim- similar to like life is strange where they did the the that little the game that you could play stuff. yeah the captain spirit yeah. and then yeah. that would like lead into the they'd release that to kind of show off what the gameplay is going to be like because i was, and uh, get yeah. you excited for the and and explain the the lead into the third one because mm-hmm. yeah, i was i was thinking of like metal gear uh ground zero how they charge for yeah. that little demo before it got into the main game well that should have yeah. been included um, but that's a whole nother <laughs> i mean thing. if 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 bungie if i now agree with you Corey and jesse i'm like if bungie does that um i'm i, I would be fine with that because mm-hmm. I was just like show off this engine, help mm-hmm. the community, help you guys improve it, yeah, and fix and fix some things out. And if you guys can make some money off of it, so you can hire more people, or you know, have the money helps you guys develop it because you guys are now indie, you have investors, but you guys are basically like independent on your own. We as a community feel like we're partaking and making you guys. Bring us great greatness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. And when me and you originally talked, it, yeah, I was like, I was more on the side of them just doing something completely different. <laughs> yeah. But but like the thing is, is if it's already they're already in the process of it, and it is kind of a bummer, like because like I wasn't taking into consideration the fact that that they've that they've always wanted something better but it just never they never really were allowed the chance to do that so Mm -hmm. for them like it it would be a shame for them to not be able to step outside of their the comfort zone and just kind of just really give us what what they wanted destiny to be and if that still for some reason doesn't end up turning out to be you know that much better well then so be it but 
but I mean, I, if they should, you know, have that chance to be able to just, you know, give us what, what they, what they originally wanted to do. Yeah. And, you know, and, and like I said, I can't stress it enough. I just want them to, to go out of their comfort zone and just, you know, not have to just rely on that old, old style of doing everything that they're, they've been doing for, for years you know, they, I just want them to do something new with it and make it have, more ambitious. They still have a fan base that would support them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, look, I, if, even if it didn't meet Activision's numbers, like, they still they still have the, uh, huh, they still have the uh, fan base. Like, they, they, there's 30 million people playing this game. It's not like... Yes. I mean... I'm sure there's not 30 million playing right now, but you know what I mean? Like there's still 30 million people have purchased destiny Two in some capacity. And it, that's nothing to slouch at, you know, it's, it's yeah. Yeah. They, I, I, I think, I think their break off from, uh, uh, Activision. Activision has been good for them. I think they have a lot to prove still that they, that they can handle this while still yeah. having a production schedule. And you know, maybe financially they're they are uh, they're limited a little bit now without Activision's backing. But like we said, they have they have investors. They have yeah. the uh, net ease investment of a hundred million dollars for their new project after Destiny Three. Uh, you know they they've they've got everything mm-hmm. they need to have full creative control, and that's what makes me excited. It doesn't have to be. Like it doesn't have to be a super graphically intensive game. I just want it to be fun. I want the gameplay loop to be fun. I, 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 I don't care if Destiny Three ever lives up to what we think Anthem is going to be right now. You know, in terms of right. what it looks like, customization, whatever. Yeah, it would be nice, but like, as long as the gameplay loop is fun and they make all the right decisions in terms of of level design and content they're offering players from beginning to end. That's what I'm excited for for Destiny 3. Uh, my last thing uh, about this, and I told Jesse this when we were talking, I was just like, it's the Ninja Theory effect. You know, Ninja Theory made some great games, but didn't get the recognition uh, for it. Once they made Hellblade, something they did completely on their own, it really showcased how great Ninja Theory is. And people recognize them for what it is. And I think that's going to be the same thing with Bungie. You know, they made some great games. Destiny might not have met a lot of people's expectations. But if Destiny 3 is the Hellblade for Bungie, that's all that matters. Th- yeah. That really is all that is matter- matters. And yeah, Microsoft might have brought Ninja Theory, but you cannot deny the stuff that Ninja Theory has brought out has not been great. Yeah. They put their they put their all in it. They put their time and creativity in it. And I think Bungie is going to do the same thing. That, that That's all I personally hope for. I'm looking forward to Destiny 3. Out by day one. Yeah. I I, I agree. I'm, I'm really looking forward to Destiny 3. I I look. I love Destiny. I haven't been able to play as much as I would like to, you know. And I'm I'm really excited for this show and Anthem and just us being able to play these games together now. But like, you know, it's it, for, for for I I want I'm more interested to see what happens in the next six to eight months with Destiny as opposed mm-hmm. to you know and and because that's going to tell us a lot what's going to happen in the next year two years five years with this franchise but uh we have about 10 minutes left in this episode i do want to talk a little bit about the uh niobe labs puzzle that seemed to uh really anger a lot of guardians this week uh you know that niobe labs is part of the the unlocking of the forge uh for black armory it it was the last section of the forge to be unlocked uh, that it would unlock the uh, the Bergusia Forge, uh, and and so as of Wednesday or Thursday, I believe mm-hmm. they ne- like it still hadn't been solved, and people were getting really mad at Bungie because like people were getting to the last section of the forge and couldn't figure out like the puzzle 
it was wasn't it something about it was up to the streamers to unlock it and they couldn't figure it out yeah. because let me there was things in it they yeah go ahead tell let me let me let me read the story from GameSpot. uh destiny 2's latest expansion black armory was set up with the release of the fourth and final forge the bergusia forge this week before that happened a group of hardcore players and streamers attempted to dis- dissect a complex in-game puzzle so- uh involving niobe labs which is a location uh for the black armory uh one uh once they solved the puzzle the forge would unlock for all dlc owners uh but after more than 24 hours of attempts and have not yet yielded a uh, complete solution bungie is opting to simply unlock the forge while keeping the puzzle going on the side uh as of as of this uh writing yesterday or let's see we're recording on saturday right well i guess it's sunday yes. morning now but saturday the forge or the puzzle was solved yes or last night f- f- the first player solved the puzzle last night so that tells you a lot uh but the forge has been unlocked for all annual pass owners if you do uh complete the puzzle you get an emblem and uh some there's something else you get too if you if you do that but uh you know now all of the forge is unlocked and n- the forge is where you can go and grind and for uh new weapons and and kind of r- this is their solution for uh random roll weapons and people can go there and grind for them and stuff uh so yeah that it, it this was just like a really weird mess uh for some players which they did a lot of this stuff in Destiny One, specifically in uh, Rise of Iron, the the Wrath of the Machine raid, where you had to solve a binary code w- during the raid, and you could unlock the uh, Outbreak Prime pulse rifle, which was an amazing weapon, by the way. And uh, to get it, you had to go in and solve this binary code and. Uh, then you had then you had to complete a quest after that but the 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 thing is is like you ha- how how would you ever know that that was in there you know somebody just kind of solved it one day and then it became this huge thing and those are the little moments that people appreciated about destiny and i think bungie is trying to recreate those moments and they just went a little bit too far with this one i uh i'm gonna let you go first jesse because i i have a I have something to say, but I'm going to wait for you to say. Go ahead, Jesse. No, go ahead. I, I actually don't really have a whole lot to say. <laughs> uh, Bungie should have never done this at all. But it's, 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 they've had puzzles for the rest I, of the Forges. I, I'm, going to, I'm going to explain why they should have never done this at all. Bungie doesn't know how to make an RPG. Bungie is not good at making puzzles. Because there are... They, have because you tried they, any of the raids? I just play Halo. I'm. I'm we're not talking past, about Halo. Can, we're talking about but see, Destiny. That, but see, that's but see, that's the thing about it is that Destiny is focused as a shooter. When have you known Bungie to do anything that has been a dungeon a dungeon style where it is puzzles, where you are really thinking or uh, really thinking about how stuff like that is? The Taken King is one of the most sophisticated puzzle solving things I've ever done in my entire life. Wrath but of the is Machine it, but is, is one it, of the most. It, amazing puzzle solving things i've done in my entire life leviathan's underbelly content are some of the most incredible puzzles i've ever done in my entire life but is that ever but that's all dlc stuff no it's not when taking king is dlc taking king is not part of the uh taking king wasn't part of the game that came out you didn't play the main campaign of destiny one and destiny two and they have puzzles if you're going just by vanilla destiny vault of glass you know the jumping puzzles are some of the coolest puzzles I've seen. Uh, if you're going by Destiny Two Vanilla, Leviathan, mm-hmm. the Underbelly, the Raid Layers, those types of things. Are uh, they are they part of the campaign? Yes, they are part of Vanilla Destiny Two. Yes. Silence. <laughs> I'm trying to stare at you, just like. Well, and, the thing and about- you can access the underbelly without a raid team, also. So, is uh, that is that the one that they scaled back eventually, just for to 
No, because like, I don't. That that's was, the thing is, I haven't really gotten to experience well, like when, half of when the uh, first expansion came out. They took away the ability to get like the prestige stuff, which was mm-hmm. a trophy and an achievement, because they were oh, adding yeah. stuff to the game. They eventually added it back later, uh, but they they scaled it back a little bit because uh, people who didn't buy it, didn't get the DLC yet couldn't do the raid because they they upped the light level of the raid because because one of the major complaints about destiny one was once you once the new expansion came out the content that came out before it kind of became obsolete so they were trying to figure out the balance of how do we scale the old content so people who are keeping up with the new content can do it and still feel challenged uh but in doing so they kind of left behind the kind of "Quote unquote casual audience that were, were still trying to attempt it, but haven't. Then mm-hmm. they didn't get the DLC yet because you know either they didn't buy it and, or they and, were waiting for like Christmas or something to get it. That kind of thing. And 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 I think that's why I I argue about it not being in the main campaign. Like it like it's part of the story. Like it's part of the level. And I, I'm not. I guess I'm thinking because it's just popping in my mind that. When I mean dungeon style gameplay in a way with with Destiny, and this is going to be so off and so Eddie, so I know I'll get a lot of comments and stuff about this. I'm thinking of Metroid Prime. I'm thinking of how when you get to a section of Metroid Prime, everything it feels like a dungeon and a puzzle at some time. I I agree because, with you because De- Destiny does try to do some of that stuff, and some of it they do well. This was just I, one of those steps where. Like, it's a cool idea in concept, right? Like, yes. you go into this forge, you're, you're battling waves of enemies, and then you have, to, you have to figure out the puzzle to get to the next room to finish it, right? But some of, the, some of the codes and some of the puzzles were just so difficult in terms of, like, where do I find this? Where do I find these clues? How, like, it, it, it just got so out of control that, like, you know, they wanted the community to solve it and help other community members, but when your top tier streamers and players that you are counting on to do this first can't do it, then that just becomes a bigger issue. And that's where because, the problem lies. Because like you're right. There are some cool puzzles that do kind of reflect a little bit of what Metroid Prime does, right? Where like yes. you go into a room and sometimes you have to scan things, sometimes you have to like you know, do some platforming puzzles and stuff like that. Like there are aspects of that, but like, you know, this, this was just a step too far, you know, but like one of the coolest things in destiny one, for example, and, and I know mm-hmm. we're running a little bit long, so we're going to, I'm going to try to keep this a little bit short, uh, okay. was there's a wet, there's a sniper rifle called black spindle. And the way somebody found that was they were doing one of the heroic strikes and instead of going out the correct way, they exited the level like, like instead of it. Well, no, it wasn't heroic strike. It was a heroic mission, right? And in, instead of exiting the mission like you're supposed to, there's a strike that takes place in that same area. You exit the way you would exit the strike, and he found a secret. Him and his fire team found a secret mission, and they they gave you. A, a puzzle to solve and be a time a timer that you had to complete this mission in and you got this really awesome sniper rifle and that was a really cool community discovery right where like yeah okay this this mm-hmm. is cool or like you know putting together the sleeper simulant where you have to go find the pieces and kind of forge like find them and complete this quest and you get this really awesome fusion rifle those are cool little puzzles and quests that the community has found and and ended up being awesome. And like I said, that binary code thing that they found in uh, Rise of Iron was also really cool. Like, it was a cool little thing that granted you a really awesome weapon if you went and found it and attempted it, right? I think they were trying to recapture some of that magic with this puzzle, and they just missed the mark because it is way too difficult, and it requires so much, you know, looking up stuff finding stuff in the in the lore uh, cards and everything for clues and everything to the point where it's just like... That's, There's too this, much work. Yeah, it is, it's just way too much for the what they wanted to do in the amount of time 
like it was too much to solve in one week, right? Where this yes. will all reset next week, and then you have to do it all over again, right? And it's so, mm. yeah, it, it's just the way that the way that Black Armory is set up, and the way that the forges are set up. That this was just something that they it was too impossible in the time they were trying to require people it, to do it in. And this probably just me that I haven't did a lot, I don't do a lot of strikes or raids or any like that because I'm playing just the main campaign and going on to the next mission and stuff. And I guess what, what reason I bring up Metro I brought up Metro Prime is, is that Metro Prime has like has some stuff is, feels like a dungeon some stuff is have puzzles and stuff and nintendo and retro they're good at that and i think that and i think bungie probably needs to take a look at that just like how do we incorporate a great puzzle um that that people will easily be able to solve you know the it could be considered as a mission it gives you some good weapons like you benefit from something from it it did instead of just be like okay this is the thing you figure it out you do all of this back work and it's just like the rewards is not the rewards is not really there like you do you did all of this work and you basically don't get much i mean uh ambo i guess it's good i don't know um it just feel like the reward that you got from it is doesn't live up to the work that you put in yeah well i mean like the rewards from the forges are are really cool rewards mm-hmm. but when you just deny access to people who have like just because like the the thing was like once somebody solved this puzzle it opens up to everybody right only one person in the entire community had to solve this puzzle right for it to open up to everybody well when you lock off content that people already paid money for for the whole year and you're locking off this forge content because you can't solve a puzzle that they created that you already purchased like you had to buy in to unlock this content or to have this content anyway and for them to block it off like that was people's issue was like we bought this $35 $40 annual pass to play this content that's locked because your puzzle is you you locked it behind a puzzle right and and that's what i think what people were mad at so uh, okay but anyways this the destiny issued an apology and like they unlock the forge and people like the puzzle still going on if you un- if you do the puzzle you get some cool extra stuff uh that they've implemented and that's a cool way to like kind of say look we're sorry we messed up uh here's some stuff if you solve the puzzle and even if you don't you can still go into the forge and get these weapons and and do cool stuff so um but I think that's going to wrap up our show, guys. The you know we ran a little bit long, obviously, because <laughs> we always do. Uh, but I'm, I'm, this this whole Activision thing has me excited for the future of Destiny. I have I, I like while we've been doing this, I kind of jumped back in with my Warlock on Xbox and was kind of running around the tower. And I still love Destiny, right? It's just like. Mm-hmm finding the time to do it plus doing all of our podcasts and shows and stuff like it's this is why tower casuals exists is for people who are kind of in our position or not really our position but like family people who maybe play two or three times a week hop in try to do something uh want to know what's going on in the community but don't really have the time to do it you know that's why this show and this channel exists right and so I mean, I I could talk Destiny all day to anybody. Uh, I mean, I have three Destiny art books. I just bought this lore, like the Destiny lore volume one book. Like, I have three or four Destiny figurines lying around somewhere. It's just like, I like Destiny a lot. And it's meant a lot to me in my personal life anyway. Like, it's it's just one of those things. But um, yeah, I'll be playing the first one with fresh open eyes (laughs) yeah i mean like i still want to record some stuff from destiny one which i re-downloaded for some reason i i I don't gosh i don't even know why i did i'm not gonna be able to anyways yeah i'm excited to talk more destiny in the coming weeks uh i'm sure the next expansion will be hitting sometime soon to try to compete with anthem and the division Uh, i know a lot of people are going to be moving on from destiny to try out anthem uh you know i i 
I still think the division is a different beast than Destiny. I think mm-hmm. people. It's weird because I heard this thing the other day. Maybe maybe you said it, Jesse. Where like Ubisoft games kind of have their own community where like people will jump off the division to play Rainbow Six for a while and then jump back into the division when something cool happens. Like the Ubisoft community is kind of its own thing, and then mm-hmm. you know Destiny has kind of been its own thing and then you have the battle royale games as a service that's kind of its own thing and then you have overwatch which is its own thing so like i don't know these different communities kind of are kind of cool to watch grow and see how they react and everything so the next couple weeks on these shows are going to be really interesting you know uh yeah whatever destiny puts out in the next couple weeks i want my thing is i'm really interested to see what destiny puts out to try to keep players from jumping over to anthem you know so because anthem is a game we're all excited for you know we start yes. javelins for hire for a reason uh because it's it's an exciting new product from bioware a developer that we all uh enjoy their games you know i thoroughly enjoy mass effect but destiny also has that uh halo nostalgia factor plus the cool like when something when you do something cool in destiny it feels good it's just it's, they've had such a roller coaster ride of ups and downs, and I really hope the split from Activision kind of lowers or kind of eliminates the lows and kind of propels them to higher highs. So, uh, anyways, I want to thank everybody for watching this episode of Tower Casuals. You can find Tower Casuals on the YouTube page and on podcast services around the world: uh, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and other podcast apps. You can also find the playlists on Arsenal X and Nerds Gone Platinum's YouTube channels as well as its own. Also, NGRRadio.com, you can find all of our content and all of our uh, shows and Let's Plays and articles and all that kind of stuff. NX Challenge is happening. Pod and Play is coming up. Nindy Showcase is happening. You can find Jesse at Phantom Maggot AX on Twitter. You can find Ed at That Retro Code on Twitter. And you can find me at CoreyNHG86 on Twitter. Uh, if you want to email Tower Casuals, you can email us at towercasuals at gmail.com uh, for your questions, comments, concerns, and ideas. Uh, I know we're not the deepest into Destiny right now, so if we got something wrong, our apologies, but we will definitely read you your corrections if you have them. Uh, and that said, uh, I want to thank everybody for watching, and until next time, we love you. Hey, everybody, keep it Bye. casual. Bye.